0: West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here
1: is Dr. Arnold with today's message. You might do something for somebody, and they do not appreciate you or what you believe or stand for. And all the love that you try to show. But you can't explain it. You're just going to have to go through it. Keep serving the Lord anyway. Because this happened to him. It will happen to you. And you're going to do things for people. And you're going to give them your life. You're going to give them your choice time. And they won't care. And there will be no respect. Sometime we see that with our, sometime our children. Maybe even the grandkids. It could be somebody where you work. It could be at home. And all of a sudden, it just seems like things can change, and you you don't know what's happening. The devil can work behind the scenes. You can't see him, but he works on people's minds. He can cause people to believe things, to imagine things. Remember this. The devil cannot make you sin. He can only tempt you to sin. So don't blame everything on the devil. You just happen to have something within you that he can tempt you with. You sense it when you yield to it. You're going to be tempted. Another statement that I want to give to you. Don't get too busy polishing your armor and not sharpening your sword. It's not a matter of just seeing the beautiful foliage on the tree. (gasps) Look how beautiful that tree is. Look at the way those branches are. Look at those beautiful leaves on the tree. Yeah, but is there any fruit on the tree? Well, there's no fruit, but look, look at the leaves. I think there's a story in the Bible about that. The Lord's looking for fruit. And so sometimes you're so busy polishing your armor, or you make sure you're in church all the time, and you read your Bible and do all these good things, and you're just shining, 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 but no fruit. You've never learned how to use the sword of the Spirit what is the sword of the Spirit? I wonder what that is. The sword of the Spirit, according to Hebrews chapter four and verse twelve, is the word of God. The word of God is sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the body. And so you have a tool that you're supposed to use, and it's the sword. But many people don't. They're dull of hearing. They, their sword is dull. They can't cut as they should. When the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman, that word is chopped up It's talking about making one clean sweet, so we can a clean cut and rightly divide the word of God. And a lot of people, they don't have that sharp edge. You see, that's what causes you to be able to make wiser decisions for down the road. Study the Word of God, and God will bless you because of it. Another statement that I've used for years, and then I had to kind of look at it with a little question mark. Souls are unreached because they're unloved. Now, if I don't reach them, is it because I don't love them? Are there still lost people in this world because they're unloved? Because if we really loved them, we would reach them. But I know the responsibility doesn't fall upon just one person, but the church of the Lord has a responsibility. But if I don't reach them, does that mean they're unloved? No, I believe the Lord still loves and loves all of them. But we're supposed to look at it this way, that concerning what Christ did on the cross for us, for the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. And that they which live should not henceforth from now on live unto themselves, but unto him who died for them and rose again. So we're supposed to let the love that God has for that lost person motivate us to reach the lost person. Because they're not unloved. Because God still loves them. It's just that we don't love the Lord enough to reach the unreached. Anyway, it's just something to think about. When you can't sleep at night, don't count the sheep, talk to the shepherd. You ever heard that one before? That's a good one. Don't talk to the sheep, talk to the shepherd. Don't count the sheep. Another statement. If God isn't as close as He used to be, who moved? If God is not as close as He used to be. So I just want to get close, be close to the Lord again. God hadn't moved. He's right where you left him. Remember this, the Bible talks about abide in him. It means just get as close to the Lord as you can. In the book of uh, 1 John 2, verse 28, it says, My little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, you may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You'll read the same thing in the book of uh, the gospel of John in chapter 15 about his children, abide in him. He says, without him, you can do nothing. So the closer you get to the Lord, the more strength and grace you'll have, the more you can do for the Lord. And you will not burn out. Only reason you burn out is because you got too far away from the fire. He's the fire. And if you'll stay close to the fire, you'll stay warm. If you get real close, you might even get on fire for the Lord. You'll get hot. Another statement, don't be afraid to get out on a limb. That's where the fruit is. But always understand that there's always someone who might want to cut off the limb. So when you get out there on that limb, but that's where the fruit's at. In other words, some people are afraid to get away from the trunk of the tree where it's safe and to get out there on that limb and try to reach some fruit because there's always a risk involved. There's possibilities you could fall and get hurt. And nobody wants to get hurt. So sometimes we just let that fruit go. I do believe that it's good to have fruit, but it's good to get your own fruit. Get it the right way. Do the right thing. Realizing that you have within you that which every man needs. You see, the world will try to lure you and tempt you to do that which is wrong. Did you know that every man in this world... There is a certain desire. They don't all have it at the same time. The desire to live forever. And you have it. And so what you're trying to do is find the right people at the right time that are receptive. And you lure them, just like the devil lures them to do wrong, you lure them to accept Christ as their Savior. And you give them the bait and say, look, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. A verse I often use every time I pull out my track. I'll show them on the front how that little fellow on there's that's, that, that's when I was 17 and had hair. They usually laugh a little bit, a little chuckle, doesn't hurt anything. I said, so let me show you something on the inside. Look at this verse. It says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. What's the purpose of reading? Now, it's bait. You can know you have eternal life. You can know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. And so I use that. You're luring people. But we've got something everybody needs to know. And so just remember that. Next statement. Don't give God orders. Just report for duty. Look in Luke chapter 17. Look over at this verse. The book of Luke chapter 17. But you do need to understand that you and I are not to give God orders. He is the commander in chief. He's the boss. He tells us what to do. And all we're supposed to do is say, yes, sir. Look what it says in verse 7. But which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, By and by, when he has come from the field, Go and sit down and eat. And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup and gird my, thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterwards thou shalt eat and drunk. Wait a minute. A servant's been out there. Plowing and feeding cattle all day. He comes in the house and he's supposed to serve and work and feed you and make sure you've got something to eat and to drink before he does. I like these kind of servants. It's, you say, Who's they talking about? talking about your wife. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. No. Now look, look in verse 9. Verse 9. Does he thank? that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? He's, I should think not. But, in verse 10, So likewise ye, when ye shall have done, and you ought to underline this, or draw a circle around the word all, when you have done all those things which are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Now, you and I in serving the Lord, the thing that goes beyond the call of duty is the love that we have for the Lord. To go beyond that which God requires of us and do more. To sacrifice. You see, you have not sacrificed unto the Lord when you have simply given that which God requires. Sacrifice is when you go beyond that. Most people never go beyond. I believe a lot of people think that serving the Lord is just like tipping the Lord a quarter, you know, and hoping He just leaves me alone. You know, this is that's a token of my appreciation. Thanks, God. Now, I'm free to do whatever I want to do with the rest of my life. I don't think it's going to work that way. But verse 10 is a good verse to keep in mind. Just say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm just an unprofitable servant. I really don't deserve anything. I've only done that which was my duty to do. You see, in the book of Romans in chapter 12, uh, brethren, I beseech you that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's just something that we ought to do. Don't you think that all of God's people ought to serve the Lord? If we never get another blessing, if we don't get anything, if we don't get one reward, we still ought to do it. I'm just an unprofitable servant, and you want God to do what He feels free to do to us whenever we get to heaven and what He chooses to give. I believe God is such a good God. He's going to blow our minds. When you get there and you see what God is going to give you, it's going to blow your mind. Let me give you another statement. A man does not fail or fall in service unless he is unfaithful. Get that. A man does not fail in service unless he is unfaithful. Turn in your Bible and look in the book of First Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. See there in verse 2? Moreover, it is required, required in stewards that a man be found rich. Popular. Just faithful. All God wants you to do is what you can do. God doesn't want you to do what you can't do. So, The preacher has no right to require of you anything God doesn't require of you. I don't have any authority to try to get you to do something God doesn't want you to do. True? All I want you to do is what you believe God wants you to do. So all I try to do is teach you the book and try to challenge and motivate you with what the Word of God says, and hopefully you'll respond. So, another good statement, let me give it to you. You may dodge the responsibilities, but you cannot dodge the consequences. You can, as you go through life, dodge your responsibilities. Try to figure out ways to get out of doing what God wants you to do. You can dodge the responsibility. You don't have to read the Bible. Boy, I dodged that. I don't have to witness anybody. Boy, I dodged that. And you can dodge all you want. But understand, you cannot dodge. Dodge the consequences of your decisions. You and I are going to have to give an account to the Lord for what we have done. And that might not be pretty. Because God's the one that knows what you could have done with your life. God does. Another statement. He who abandons himself to God will never be abandoned by God. I know if I abandon myself to the Lord's hands, I'll never be abandoned by Him. He said He'll never leave me and never forsake me. And that's good for my eternal security. But I'm talking about in the will of God. If I abandon myself to nothing more than the will of God for my life, I never have to worry about God leaving me without taking care of me, or blessing me, or giving me everything that I need to do whatever He wants me to do. Because now I know it's God's responsibility, and God doesn't dodge His responsibility. Another statement. Satan crushes our spirits by getting us to bear tomorrow's burdens on today's grace. See, God says that He gives us the grace that we need for every day. But Satan wants to crush our spirits by getting us to bear tomorrow's burden on today's grace. We're supposed to believe that when tomorrow comes, God will give me the grace I need to bear that burden for that day. As He says in the book of Matthew chapter 6, sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. In other words, God will give to you and I all that we need for each day, but it's wrong to borrow from the past or from the future. Live each day, moment by moment, walk with the Lord, moment by moment, day by day. Another statement. God won't pay you on the first day for the rest of the week. God doesn't pay you on the first day for the rest of the week. You have to put in the time and the work and the effort, and then you can expect to get paid. Did you know, let me show you this to you. Look there in the Gospel of John, chapter 4. The Gospel of John and chapter 4. They had just gotten back from having... uh, They're whoppers at Burger King. And they came up to Jesus and they said, are you hungry? He says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. See there in verse 32. And then the disciples said one to another, hath any man brought him ought to eat? Did anybody bring him something to eat? What's he talking about? Now, of course, Jesus was talking about his meat was to do the will of him that sent him. There is a satisfaction of doing what God wants you to do that the world will never understand. And food will not satisfy this desire and drive that you have. There's more to it. So he makes a statement there in verse 34. Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye there yet for months and then cometh harvest. What's he saying? Don't think that one of these days down the road, we're going to, he says, the harvest is ripe now. But a lot of people are always planning in the future. One of these days. But look what he says here. In verse 36, and he that reapeth, receiveth, what's that next word? Wages. It means that God will pay you to be a soul winner. God will pay you because he's talking about reaping. The harvest, winning soul. God will pay soul winners. He didn't say he pays everybody else, but soul winners. And gather a fruit that will last forever. Boy, that's living for something that's worth living for. Let me give you a couple more of these. Never ask God to lighten your load, but strength to bear it. See, serving the Lord is not the the absence of problems, but the addition of strength. That's not down here. It's just another one that I remember. I used to have a couple thousand of these, and I memorized them. And I would sprinkle my messages with these things. Now, I have to admit, my memory is not as good as it used to be. Because when you don't use it, you lose it. And so when I do evangelistic work, I just preach sermons. But whenever you're trying to build people strong, you need all these things. See, I'm not interested in you just being able to explain the gospel to somebody. You've got a life to live. And if you don't stay strong in the Lord in your personal life, you won't be witnessing to anybody because your life will fall apart. I want you to stay strong. And understanding some of these things will help you to be strong. And there are things that have helped me. So I believe that you're not much different than I am. And if it helps me, it probably will help you. I heard this one about a missionary. Attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. It makes me think, I want to attempt great things from the Lord. And I expect great things from God. But see, if you don't attempt anything, you ought not expect anything. Because you don't deserve anything. Faith drives a man to action. That's why he says faith without works is dead. Because faith in the Lord produces a love and an action in his life. Oh, you may know Christ as your Savior. You're going to heaven when you die. But you're not there yet. You still got life to live. Another statement, when you flee temptation, don't leave a forwarding address. I like that. When you flee temptation, don't leave a forwarding address. A person controlled by moods will not be faithful or won't be used. You see, have you ever seen somebody, here's the line of what we would consider to be normal. And there's people who can go way above the line of being normal. And <laughs> <laughs> everything is just wonderful. And they're just giddy and off, <laughs> Laugh about everything. They're the life of the party. But when they get discouraged and down, they go that much down below the line of normal. They're really excited and positive and excited. And, and then they have f- moments of despair and they way down here. So, how high, high you go above, you generally go below. And that's what we call a yo-yo. And a lot of Christians are just a bunch of yo-yos. And so, when you start maturing in the Lord, you don't go so high above the line, and you don't go very far below the line. This is a sign of an undisciplined mind, ruled by emotions. And God can't use that person, because they're unstable. It's like having two minds, a double Minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Another good statement. It is a great sin to tolerate a little sin. It is a great sin to tolerate a little sin. Don't talk cream and live skim milk. Don't let friendships influence your dollar. Beware of making a decision when you are discouraged. Boy, how many times I've had to use that. I'll be talking to some couple, and because her and her husband, they just had a fight. And I said, look, don't make a decision when you're down and discouraged. They'll generally try to make one to get you out of a problem. And maybe the Lord doesn't want you out of the problem. He wants you to go through the problem and learn some lessons that He has for you. Don't think that God always wants you to run from a response, but run from a problem. Stop running because wherever you go, it's going to catch you. It'll find out where you are. Next point. Not serving the Lord is like a train off the track. Satan likes us to be active, but not productive. If you draw breath, God has a purpose for you. Don't remember me using that a couple of times here? If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Don't y'all remember any of these great bits of wisdom that I've taught y'all in the last two years? If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. So you're supposed to remember all these things. Another good one if God never slumbers or sleeps, why should both of us stay awake at night? If God never slumbers or sleep, why should both of us stay awake at night? Another good one. If you place everything that you have into the hands of God, it won't be long before you'll see God's hand in everything that you have. And you'll see God working in this area, and God's working here, and God's working, God's working. And you say, boy, it's so good to see God working. Well, see, God works because you put it into his hands. You do things that God says to do, and you begin to see God working. It'll work that way. No man is greater than his prayer life. No man is greater than his prayer life. You need to talk to the Lord all the time about everything. And that's how you cast all of your cares upon the Lord. Talk to the Lord. He's your father. Another good statement. Nothing is beyond the reach of prayer except that which is beyond the will of God. God grinds the axe He plans to use. Do you feel like sometimes God is just grinding on you? It could be like He's grinding and sharpening the edge of an axe. Because why would you sharpen the edge of an axe to cut wood with? Should you, should you sharpen the axe before you cut the wood or after you cut the wood? Or in the middle of cutting the wood, you should cut, sharpen the axe before you cut the wood. And then sometimes in the midst of your work, a Christian can begin to lose his edge. So, you sometimes have to stop and get the axe sharpened again. Sometimes God is working in your life because he's, he's just knocking off some of the rough edges out of your life. He knows what He's doing. Just be patient. And the last one I'd like to give to you to find God's will is to find yourself and your purpose. To find God's will, you find yourself and your purpose. Who am I? Who made me? What am I doing here? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What does God want me to do? So finding the will of God is finding yourself and the purpose for your life. And if you do that, you'll be all right.
0: Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 Westwaters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634 and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast.